You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. This is Theology for the Rest of Us, and I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the great metropolis of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. This is episode 273, and in this episode, I'm going to tackle a topic that may seem a little bit controversial, but I think is valuable to uh, to address. I am not someone that loves to be controversial or provocative just for the sake of being controversial. That's That's not my jam. I know there are people out there that are like that. Uh, that's not me. And I'm not out there trying to be controversial just to get more listens or more downloads on my podcast, to get more clicks on my website. That's also not my jam. However, with that said, I'm also not afraid to be controversial or even be offensive if I feel like it's necessary and right, if I feel that it is a benefit to the to the family of God, to the kingdom of God, um, to the body of Christ, then I'll, I'll have no problem you know, diving right into those waters, so to speak. And I do think I'm going to do that a little bit here uh, in this episode. So here's the question. Is it possible for people to still grow in their faith, even though they're attending a church where they're being taught harmful theology, or they're being taught erroneous theology, or maybe they're even being taught some element of heresy? Is it possible for people to still grow and develop and 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 be sanctified, even though they're under the influence of some preacher or some author that maybe is teaching erroneous theology, erroneous ideology? And I think the answer is kind of obvious. The answer is yes. I think it's possible that people could still be growing and developing in their faith, even though they're being influenced by someone who is a, a flawed teacher or, or a heretic. But I think that speaks more to the fact that God is gracious and sovereign. He's gracious in that he is very kind to us, that even when we are under the influence of someone that maybe is not teaching things that are exactly the way God would want it to be taught, um, that God is gracious to us and that he's still looking to find ways to help develop us Right? God is working all things together, as, as Romans 8 tells us. He's working all things together for our good so that we will be molded and conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. God is, is utilizing things in the world that are even harmful ultimately for our benefit, for our sanctification, for our maturity, for, for our development. Absolutely, God is gracious and he's sovereign. He's perfectly in control of all things and that he can even use false teachers or flawed ideologies and flawed philosophies, right? Harmful theologies even. He he can use all things to some extent for the the sanctification of his people. And if you belong to Jesus and you're one of his, man, he's going to use all sorts of things to to drive you closer to being molded into the image of Christ Jesus. As my friend Tyler Vela frequently says, God strikes straight blows with crooked sticks. God uses broken people and flawed people in, in all sorts of ways to still do great things 
for his own glory and for the benefit of the people of God. That's true. God uses Kenny Ortiz, and Kenny Ortiz is as flawed as they come. Uh, on a personal level, I can tell you all kinds of flaws I have, and yet I've watched God use me over and over and over again in people's lives, and I just am always amazed by it. And I think that speaks little about me and speaks way more about God's sovereignty and God's grace, and I just praise him for that. So again, certainly it's possible that God has has done some great things in your life or in the lives of other people, even through false teachers and, and heretics. Um, now, this immediately then begs the question, is it okay then to just allow heretics to kind of be out there and to, to kind of allow flawed theology to be pervasive in, in the body of Christ at large, right? Some people would say, well, listen, Kenny, the reality is, look how many people God is using that person to touch. Who am I to say that he's a heretic? Or I've heard people say things like, man, such and such so is supposedly a false teacher, but they've been so helpful to me on a personal level. I've grown so much. I've been helped so much by their teaching. Is it re- is their teaching really that bad? Right. So almost as if the fact that God has used those teachers or preachers or authors, the fact that God has used them is somehow justification for the the flawed doctrines or theology that might be coming from their ministries, from their sermons, or, or from their books. I've had a lot of conversations over the last several years with people that sort of are, are saying these sorts of things or asserting these sorts of, of sentiments. But the last few weeks, I've had several conversations that really kind of drove it home for me and made me think that I, I probably need to do a podcast episode about it. I had a conversation a few weeks ago with a group of interns that are here at the college I work at. Um, here in Minneapolis, I was having a group of having a conversation with them, and they were asking about a particular preacher. I'll I'll leave the name of the preacher out, but they were asking me what I thought of a particular preacher, and they were saying they were saying, "Hey, well, some people say this preacher's a heretic, or they're a false teacher, or, or they're prosperity gospel, or this or that." What do you think of them? And and I tried to be very diplomatic and kind, um, but I also felt the need to be honest, and I do think that the, that the teachings of this particular preacher are not really helpful to Christians. I do think they're are some elements of heresy and detrimental, erroneous ideology kind of woven into the thought process and the foundation of this particular preacher's teachings. And I just, I said that, I tried to explain why I thought that. And we had a really good diplomatic, gracious conversation about how do we handle those sorts of things. And I didn't want the conversation just to be me bashing a a false teacher. That wasn't the goal. The goal was to really kind of help them think about how to evaluate the type of preaching and teaching that they are consuming in their life on a regular basis. Um, and it was, I thought it was really, really helpful. The conversation went on for about 10 or 12 minutes or so. And then there was one of the interns that didn't really say anything for most of the conversation, kind of was sitting off to the side a little bit, a few chairs over. And, and then toward the end, as I made, a, as I made kind, of the, my, kind of my final statement about that particular preacher, that particular intern chimed in and she said, well, I've really been helped by a lot of his teachings and preachings. And again, it was the idea of saying, hey, I don't know if he's as bad as you you claim to be because look how helpful he's been to me. It's And sort of the evidence that he's a good teacher is look how helpful he's been to me. And and I think it's valid to say that a preacher has, has helped you, even if the preacher has got some other elements to his teaching that is not helpful or not as Christ-honoring as it should be. Uh, and I, I, I think um, what I would say to that intern, and I, I don't know that I actually had much correspondence, kind of we, we all had to kind of get up and go quickly after that, so I didn't get a chance to kind of have a follow-up conversation with that intern in the moment. 
Um, but but what I think I should have said in the moment uh, was, you know what, Miss Intern, I want you to know that I, I think it's very valid that God used this particular preacher in your life to help you. I praise God for that. Awesome. His preaching, those sermons, those particular books or those particular you know, songs that have been written by people at his church have been help, helpful to you. Praise the Lord for that, right? But I think that has more to do with God's sovereignty and God's graciousness. I think God's mercy and grace are being shown there. I think that speaks less to the preacher in that particular scenario. And the reason I say that is because there are other things that the preacher has said that I think are detrimental. Now, I don't know if that intern has heard those particular sermons that I think are detrimental, right? It's possible for some preachers to preach some sermons that are not really helpful and some sermons that are, are helpful, right? It's possible. But the reality is if a preacher has flawed ideologies, erroneous doctrines, heresies, right? Any harmful theology that's that's part of his thought process, that's kind of at the foundation as to how he views the world or how he views the Bible, eventually that's going to bleed through. Even if he doesn't ever directly say it. Like it's it's possible there are lots of preachers that have flawed doctrines and flawed ideologies and heresies that are kind of at the core of what they believe or are are somewhat interwoven into what they believe, even if it's on a small scale. Eventually that begins to bleed through. And so even though they don't directly tell you what they believe, they don't directly assert the heresy in, in a lot of cases, it bleeds through sort of accidentally or unintentionally, and it begins to influence the teaching. And what happens is if you listen to that preacher over and over and over again, if you're getting large doses of that preaching, you don't act, you don't actually realize that there's a heresy or a detrimental doctrine that's that's kind of at the core of what he's teaching, but it's bleeding through and it begins to sort of accidentally or subconsciously begin to influence you. So you may listen to a particular sermon and go, listen, in that entire sermon, there was nothing flawed about it. And that might be true. There are individual false teachers, individual heretics that are out there preaching and writing that may preach an entire sermon that I would say that sermon didn't have anything about it that was directly wrong or directly heretical. Like that particular sermon may have been true and right and even good to a large extent. However, it's founded upon an ideology or a theological framework that eventually will bleed through. So you may listen to one or two or three sermons and it may not harm you in any way. But you start, you start listening to dozens and dozens and dozens of sermons or multiple books or multiple, multiple songs from a particular, you know, uh, producer or particular church. You, you start consuming a lot of the content and a lot of the, you know, the, the messaging. And it, it's kind of this slow, like little bits, little bit, little bit from this, little bit from this, little bit from this. And eventually over the course of several months or several years, it kind of piles up and you sort of begin to embrace this flawed ideology or this flawed doctrine and you don't even realize it was completely unintentional it was slow it was subconscious to a large extent and that's actually really really scary and i've seen this i've talked to people in pastoral ministry and pastoral counseling in in mentoring youth and young adults i've sat down with people and start talking to them and you begin to realize they begin to tell you things you begin to see and go oh do you realize there's there's this little doctrine that you believe? You don't realize you even believe it. There's this little thought process you've embraced in your mind, but you don't even realize that you've actually embraced this. And this particular ideology or this particular doctrine has found its way into the, the core of how you view the world. 
and therefore it's shaping you or influencing you way more than you might realize. I know there are some people out there listening to this that would say, Kenny, feels like you're exaggerating. You're making too big a deal of it. Come on. It's, it's not that bad. And I would just say, I think we are far more impressionable than maybe you realize. We as humans are shaped and influenced by what we consumed to a much larger scale than maybe some people want to admit. I've seen it dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And I know pastors and preachers that are older than me, wiser than me, that have way more experience than me, that will tell you they've seen it hundreds of times over the course of decades of ministry. People are far more impressionable and shaped and influenced than they realize. All of us, the things we consume, the things we read, they govern and inform and mold our our worldview far more than we realize. We need to be extremely cautious. Side note, this is not unique to our theology. This happens in our politics, in our understanding of ethics, in morality, in how we spend money, right? If if you only listen to Dave Ramsey, that's going to influence how you view money. If you only listen to Susie Orman, or if you only listen to CNBC, or if you only watch Fox Business, right? Depending on what you listen to and what you consume, it's going to impact how you view money and spending. This happens in every genre of our life, in every area of our mind and thinking, right? Money, ethics, morality, politics, and especially in our theology and our doctrine. The things we consume shape us way more than we realize, and the ideologies and the philosophies and the doctrines of the people we are consuming, the the preachers and authors that we're listening to, what they believe and what they hold true in their heart of hearts at the core of who they are is far more influential in what they teach than maybe you realize. So we just want to be extremely cautious about what we consume and what we allow to influence our lives. So is it possible that there's an individual preacher that you listen to that maybe he's got some heresy or some flawed doctrine and it's possible that you've listened to some of his sermons or some of the books or you, maybe there's a particular author you know, that you've listened to and he or she have been helpful to you in one way or another. Maybe there's some worship songs or, or music that's been produced by a particular song or, or by, sorry, by a particular group of people that are producing music. And maybe in some cases, they've actually really been helpful to you. As that intern said to me, hey, I've actually been really helped by such and such as, you know, preaching or such and such as music. That might actually be true. That doesn't invalidate the growth that intern saw. And if that's you listening to this, if you've been helped by some preachers that that I or some other preacher may say is false, that doesn't invalidate the growth that you've seen. In fact, it proves that God is gracious to you and that he's sovereign in your life. Even though you've had some false teaching in your life, God is still looking out for you, still trying to help you develop and, and, and cause you to be what he wants you to be. He's molding you and setting you on the trajectory that he has for you. And ultimately, that is for you to be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. Okay, last thing to tackle that I think is wrapped up in this conversation. And that is, if God can still use false teachers and heretics, should we just allow it to exist at large? And and should we say anything about it? Or should we still consume the teachings from false teachers? But just because God has used 
false teachers in your life doesn't mean you should keep doing that. Like sometimes things work out because God is sovereign and gracious. But if we if we learn that there's a particular teacher that is heretical and false and we intentionally keep consuming that or we refuse to uh, to realize the truth about that particular speaker or teacher, then I think it'd be appropriate if God then justly allow you to suffer the consequences of that. Like, like if you don't know any better, God is being gracious toward you and he is sovereign. He's looking out for you. But eventually God may bring it to your attention that, hey, this false teacher is someone you should stop listening to. This particular person is, has been helpful to you thus far, but that's because I've been gracious to you, right? God might be saying that to you. He may be, he may be saying to you, I've been sovereign in your life. And now God is bringing to your attention that you should actually stop listening to that false teacher, that false preacher, or stop listening to that music, or you should, you should stop reading those books. And now you should start going towards something different. God may bring someone into your life, like a pastor or a preacher to tell you, hey, even though those old preachers were helpful to you, you should stop listening to them because there's this whole other set of preachers over here that would be actually be way more helpful for you. And that's what I try to tell people regularly. When people come to me and say, well, I really love such and such a person. I may say to them, yeah, that person's a heretic. That person's a false teacher. Here's the reason why they're a false teacher. But I also want to say to them, it doesn't mean that your growth wasn't valid. Right? I think that's what people take it personal. Like, well, you're telling me that he's false. Therefore, is my growth false? No, 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 no. Your growth is real. You were sanctified. Praise God for that. And now God is bringing it to your attention that that false teacher is someone that you should stop listening to. And now you should come over here because there's some different teachers and a different set of authors that actually will be far more helpful to you in the long term and will help you grow in a, in a deeper and richer fashion. And these preachers or these teachers over here don't have the same risk that that other false teacher may have. I certainly realize that there are many people out there who love Jesus, who have indeed been benefited in, in some way or another by the preaching or teaching or writing from a particular preacher that we might label a heretic or unorthodox or harmful in one way or another. That, that definitely is possible and very real and has happened in the lives of many people that I know. However, there comes a risk with those teachers that if you listen to those teachers long enough, eventually their flawed ideology is going to get into you and it's going to harm you. But there are some other preachers over here that you could get the same benefit from without the risk, right? You can get all the same learning without the risk of, of, of the, the detriment that might come over the, over the long period of time of listening to someone with erroneous theology. Going back to the conversation I had with the intern or the interaction I had with the intern, when the intern said to me or said to the group, well, I've really been benefited by that person, a, one response I could give to per, a person saying that to me is I could say something like, well, the reality is you, could, you would get the exact same benefit if you had been listening to these preachers over here. Right. Someone came to me recently and said, man, I, I'm really, I really like this preacher, but you're telling me this preacher is not helpful for me. Who can I go to that I can learn this from? And I said, well, actually, let me introduce you to some people that will teach you all those exact same things, but that have none of the negative. They have all the benefits that that preacher will give you, but none of the, the detriment or the risk that that other preacher will give you, right? So they come to me saying, I listen to preacher A. Kenny claims that preacher A is a false preacher or detrimental, 
And Kenny's response to them is, you should listen to Preacher B. Preacher B over here, he will give you everything Preacher A would have given you, but he won't have any of the downside. All the pros, but none of the cons. So frequently when I meet people that have found themselves being helped or benefiting from a particular preacher, a particular author that I would say is not helpful in the long term, then what I try to do is point them in the direction of certain preachers or authors that I think could give them everything that they liked about that particular false teacher, but without any of the detriments or risk. And the reason I do that is because I desperately care about people, and I don't want anyone to, anyone, anyone to, to shipwreck their faith, as the Apostle Paul said about certain people in the New Testament. There are multiple times in the New Testament where certain people shipwrecked their faith. That's the lingo that the Apostle Paul uses in the New Testament. And they shipwrecked their faith because they allowed false doctrines or false teachings to, to enter the scene and they didn't do anything about it. You might, you might be okay for a little while because God is gracious and he's sovereign, but it seems to me that eventually God will, will wake you up. He'll kind of sound the alarm to let you know that, hey, that preacher, that teacher, you need to move on from them. You need to stop listening to that. And if you directly ignore those warnings, then it seems like God will allow you to potentially suffer the consequences of listening to those false teachers over and over and over again. I would encourage you to, to talk to your pastors. Reach out to me if you like. I'd love to have a conversation with you. But once we discover that a preacher has something that is detrimental or flawed, we don't judge them based on how helpful they've been to you. We judge them based on the content of what they are stating, what they are asserting, and, and how much it is in line with the Bible and Christian orthodoxy. That's how we judge preachers. So again, is it possible that people grow in their faith even though there are false teachers out there uh, investing in their lives or influencing them? Yes, definitely possible. I praise God for that. I'm thankful for God's sovereignty and grace. And I believe God is gracious enough to expose those false teachers and to help us see the flaws and the erroneous nature of their doctrines or the, their theological frameworks. And I think it's then incumbent upon us. I think we are responsible at that point to respond by, by moving on from those preachers. We don't, we don't have to be jerks about it. We can be diplomatic. We can be gracious. We can be kind. But we choose to move on and to consume or to, to put into our minds and our hearts and into our lives teachings from preachers that are more in line with the scriptures and are more likely to uphold Christian orthodoxy. That, I believe, is the responsibility of every Christian. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hope it was helpful and insightful for you as you kind of wade through this idea of false teachers. If there's anything I said you want to talk to me about, feel free to shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. My email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. If there's anything you need me to unpack a little more, I'd love to hear from you. Or if there's someone that you know that you think would make a great interview guest, I'd also love to hear from you. Shoot me an email. If there's a topic or a question you think I should attack on the podcast again let me know i'd love to address it on the show i'm kenny ortiz and this has been theology for the rest of us